So, uh, fabricator in another life. Uh, testicle painted young man. And still the representative of the Coca-Cola company. Kyle Petty, if you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Chaos. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why chaos? Because we went around <laughs> and around and around, and I'm not sure how to spell, but cesspool may be two words. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire, with your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. And I am Sean Heckman. And as some of you may know, we have a TV show now on Amazon Prime. And that's amazing. But we couldn't forget what got us a TV show, which was the podcast. So while we were driving 15,000 miles over six months last year, not only did we do six episodes of our TV show for Amazon Prime, we also made a bunch of podcasts for you guys because you deserve it so much. So in our journeys, as we kind of did a bunch of things in uh, the North Carolina area, uh, we decided to go uh, grab lunch with uh, one of the most iconic names in the sport, a guy by the name of Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty, obviously a household name if you're a NASCAR racing fan, but also has a pretty unique background in doing some sports cars. He's been in movies, and uh, he was friends with Tim Richmond, which is why we wanted to talk to him for the TV show, but we ended up getting a really great podcast out of it as well. So uh, on uh, on that National Red Wine Day, we headed out to Hawker's Asian Street Fair in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, what did what did you have, Ryan? I had a bowl of ramen, which you can see on our Amazon Prime show. And if you look closely, I'm just say chicken sandwich. Some of the things you're going to hear about in this episode, uh, like peeing outside, watching a house get towed. A new definition of blue balls. And a cautionary tale about Twitter fights. You never know who's on the other side. Now, Charlotte isn't too far from Atlanta, but we did have to bounce around to get there. So uh, fortunately, our legal counsel also had time to drive us. So thanks to Michael Avenatti for getting us there in one piece. You guys want to stop for coffee? And of course, uh, this wouldn't be possible if uh, we weren't driven there by uh, what kind of vehicle? Acura MDX. And uh, what, uh, what, what kind of tires was on that, uh, that, that act? It's them, them, them Cottonelle tires. Comedy is based on repetition, so do it properly. Okay. Cottonelle tires. Properly. Cross contact. LX Sport, we think. <laughs> Kyle Petty. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. What's up, man? How are you? Ryan Eversley. Yes, sir. Good to see you. That's Sean. Sorry. I'm on Pete. Yeah. Down to the right. Yep. That's the main thing. Can you hear yourself all right? No. No? Yeah. I can't. I can't. I'm good. Have you worn a headset like that before? Never. 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 Yeah. Oh, we got the camera that moves. (laughs) One of my favorite cameras in the world. So we were interviewing Bobby Unser, and that thing had been on for like an hour and a half. And, and then he, he just goes, it. hey, look at that. Yeah, then <laughs> like, he noticed it. Been there the whole That's time. That's Unser. Yeah. That's Bobby, man. Yeah. So you're, you you have a hard out at 345? No. Listen, 
I'm going right there. Okay. As, as long as I'm there by about 4.30, oh, okay. I'll be good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Very yeah. cool. I allow myself a little bit of extra time because, hey, like, no. Matt went longer. I was doing my thing with Matt. Yeah. Kenseth, and he went longer. It's like, okay, we can do Matt. He won't talk but about 45 minutes. And I said, y'all don't know Matt. Yeah. I said, you get Matt talking. Yeah, he starts going. Oh, yeah. but And we wrote Matt and I have ridden motorcycles oh, yeah. together forever. Right. So I just – it's like you know him. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So – so we, we were, I was a little late. That's why I called to say, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's all good, man. You're right on time. So, yeah. So where do you live in the area? If this is Charlotte. Yeah. And if this is Charlotte, if we're looking at it, and that's north. Mm-hmm. If this is Charlotte and we're, like, right in this area. Yeah, yeah. I live over here. Okay. Yeah. Just enough to say I'm in Charlotte. I got you. I don't really like Charlotte. <laughs> what do you like? I, I like a house where you can go out in your backyard and pee. Yeah, right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And nobody sees you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you, don't, me. you don't get the, co- the yeah. cops caught on you. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, howdy, neighbor. Yeah. yeah. We, we were just at VIR doing a, doing oh, a yeah. video there, and uh, we we're talking to some young fans, and I was like, how many times this weekend have you peed outside? Yeah. And these, all these kids are like, oh, like 20, 25 yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. That's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> so I think so, this is our, our guy right here. We'll see if he can get you a drink or something. Yeah. Water. Like, Can I get a water? Yes, sir. I'm Kyle. How are you, sir? Nice <laughs> seeing you. It's it's um it's funny, man. Is that good? Yep. We grew up riding motorcycles. Yeah. Just all over the county, and where we lived, and and it was out in the country. So if you rode up to a fence, you rode the fence line until you found a gate. You opened the gate. You rode through, but you closed the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean you yeah, kept right. going. Yeah. So you'd be, freaking thirty miles from home. Sure. Before you knew it, you <laughs> know what I mean. And um, I mean we'd leave. We'd leave in the morning on Saturday and come back sometime right before dark. We had to be home before dark. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right. Streetlights coming on. So that, yeah. that would be about it. Now, I've watched this, and it doesn't appear to be that hard to do. But you, y'all, y'all, you make it, y'all make it I look easier. We're done. Y'all make we're it look out. easier than it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, make it, we do a pretty good job of making it way harder than it needs to no, be. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no y'all make it look incredible. You don't know what my last like, 12 days were like, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were, we were just with the Scotts, uh, the Scott family out in VIR, and they'd mentioned that. Uh, and oh, Wendy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, Franklin and Warwick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did a thing with them. Um, they're incredibly ambitious. Let me just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got to ask some things before we get going. Do you know anything about who we are, what we do? Yeah, yeah. Are you lying? No, I'm not. It's okay yeah. if you don't. You can say yeah. you can yeah. say no. no. Yeah, no. All I right. got just so you know, I have all of my all of my knowledge comes from Rutledge. Okay, <laughs> that's so not that's a, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, but no, he <laughs> would because it's at least positive. He would have yeah. lied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would have told you yeah. nice stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Rutledge and I are good buddies. Yeah, we had him on. Yeah, we had him on early in the in the pro in the project. Yep. Um, but you and I actually have a small history. Oh my God! I, I was—I wrecked you somewhere. Nope. No. 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 no <laughs> Damn. No. <laughs> but I like that. That's the you default. went right yeah, to I'm it. Right, yeah. I'm right with you. Yeah. That's yeah. my default. Yeah. yeah. I want to hash this out right now. <laughs> right no. now, man. Right now. Two thousand two or three, you raced a GT Porsche at Phoenix. Oh yeah. With Gunner Racing. Yeah, with Gunner. Yeah, yeah. Gunner's a good friend of mine. And, and to me, I have always referred to the road course at Phoenix as the Bristol of road courses. Yeah, that's a great you way of putting it. Because yeah. there's no room for anything, man. You yeah. just gotta get into somebody. Yeah, we weren't too bummed when they took that off the schedule. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, when we, I had been out there a million times. I've been going out there since the late '70s yeah. when they run the Winston West race. Right. My dad would run Ontario, and then we would come back to Phoenix and take all their money, and then we'd go home because that's the way it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the way it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, 
but it was crazy. I had never paid attention to the, the course, the right. road course. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like you're there, and it's like, oh, that's just not an infield driveway. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a yeah. course. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so we, we worked on that project yeah. for a couple of days, and, and you didn't know us from Adam, basically, you know, and you were just basically, you, like, you're the stock car guy coming to play with yeah, the race car. that's it. I was just a stock car and, guy. And uh, you were fast. I was a stock I remember car you, guy. No, you were quick, no. and I remember thinking, like, we're doing. We're gonna do okay. We finished second. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is stock car guy. That's yeah. it. We finished second to uh, the PTG factory BMWs. Yeah, you know, as a one-off deal. I think they did Daytona with one car, and then they brought the Porsche out to Phoenix. That's crazy. And uh, but you were really nice to us. And they I remember. Were fun, man. I remember how cool that was to see like a big NASCAR guy come over, run our small mom and pop well, operation. And you were nice to everybody on the team. You talked to everybody on the team, and I thought that was really special. That's where you make the mistake <laughs> when you use the word big NASCAR guy. Okay, I'm a little NASCAR. Well, you're guy. pretty tall. There was the big guys. I, I know the big guys. You know, I can put you in. With the big guys. I don't want to hear it. That's <laughs> bullshit. Oh. How many cup races have you won, Ryan? Yeah, that'd be none. Oh, right. Yeah. Me neither. Oh, so I think yeah. you're doing fine. Yeah. No. So, um, so I don't know if you heard, but Kyle doesn't like Charlotte necessarily. He likes living places he can pee outside. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I was like, my people. You yeah. will not do well in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, man. I don't do net well in my neighborhood either. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. I got I to gotta know with coffee with Kyle, how, how does the size of our crew compare? You know, honestly, I, I, there's so the, if I'm counting you as two, yeah. then you're only one down. Yeah. Yeah. There's just three of us. Um, four of us counting me. There's four of us counting right, me. Right. Yeah, and basically we do the same thing. I come in, set here. Matt set there. They set up two cameras, and we've got a camera just like that. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's it. One guy sets everything up. One guy, Joel, is he produces it like. And one guy's a sound guy, and the other guy sets up all the camera stuff. Right. And that's it. Right. I got you. That's it. Do you carry Pelicans? Yes. Yes, you do. Why okay. are you telling him that? To Nothing. make me feel better? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Liar. Did you race at Suzuka? No. Yeah. Man, they used to come in, honestly. I had my own team about that time. Yeah. And um, I had started PE, too. And when they would come in and start talking about Japan, yeah. I would slowly become smoke <laughs> and just disappear. Right. Because I did not want to load a car in a box uh, and I go see. to Japan. Yeah. No, and I, just, I just didn't have time. Because I mean, we were trying to build a team. Okay. We were trying to build, at the time, when they raced there, 97, 98, 99, I mean, 96, yeah, I 97, about, 98, about, yeah. right along in there. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to build a team. And you didn't have time to take off. Yeah. You, know, you didn't have time to spend that much time away. Right. No matter what it was. Right. So we kind of skirted that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So you talk about, uh, actually, Smoky Eunuch. Um Thinking about not not Ray Evernham, uh, but the guys that are active currently. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost impossible for any of these guys to fit that kind of personality. But is there anyone that you think is close? No, no. no. And and here's why. Okay. Is, and I've said this before. So let's go back. Let, let's just go through the evolution. If you go from smoking, if you go from wet Red Byron, and and Red Volt, if you go from Red Void, the very first, to Smoky. To Leonard, to Dale, to uh, to that to that stage when Dale walked away in the early '90s. When 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 that. So I look at that. Then that was a. They changed the sport in a lot of different ways from the from the from strategy and mechanically and mechanical grip was more important than arrow grip and. I mean, they didn't know what Arrow was. My God, my dad said, first time they got to Superbird and went to Daytona, they couldn't drive it. And they, finally some guy said, you can adjust that rear wing. And he's like, what do you mean you can adjust it? You know what I mean? <laughs> no wonder the front tires aren't on the ground. You know what I mean? Right, right, no right. idea what it did. Yeah. No idea. You yeah. know what I mean? So 
they did they just didn't know you know and and they didn't know what they didn't know but there was no limits because they could expand that knowledge now there's a ceiling there's a ceiling i don't care what anybody says there's a ceiling and it's a collective ceiling it's not an individual ceiling you I mean i don't depend on you to move my team forward i depend on the 75 engineers i have that are running the computers to move my company forward and all i am all and and, and if i look at a paul wolf if i look at um a todd gordon if if i look at chad canals right now if i look at these guys they chad is a closer model to ray ray was a, a huge departure from what a crew chief was um but chad is a closer model to that but it is they are strategist okay like inman and those guys they made hotel reservations they rented cars they've set up cars they figured out what they needed. I mean, they did all this stuff. And then, boom, that went away. And now, all of a sudden, Ray was just a crew chief. You know what I mean? He worked on the car. He focused on that car. That's all. But he could move the body, and he could do it. Now you can't move the body. You got, what, what you have is what you have. You got to have $790 million worth of electronic com- equipment to pre-inspect your car before you take it to the racetrack to make sure it's legal. And So there's so much. So I, I, I always used to say, those early guys could use both hands to work on the car. By the time Ray came along, they could use both hands, but their both hands were tied together. But they could still move them. And then we, get, we go a little farther, and they handcuff them, so their hands are together. And then they handcuff one behind their back, and now both hands are behind their back. They, they don't do anything. So I've said the same thing about engine builders. Where's the next Robert Yates? Okay? Where's the next... You know, where's the next Robert Yates? Where's the next Junior Johnson to be innovative? Where's the next Waddell Wilson? Where's the next engine builder? Where's the next Ray Fox? They're not. They're hidden in TRD somewhere in a back room, you know, CNC in my heads. You know what I mean? Or weighing pistons or checking valve, whatever that may be. They're just in a room somewhere. And they're never going to have the opportunity to use this because somebody's using this. You know what I mean? And that's a sad, that's a sad statement in the sport. You know, that, that is sad. But at the same time, it's sad for me that um, there's tons of kids out there that could be the next Tim Richmond or Richard Petty or Dale or Jimmy or Jeff or whatever. Uh, and because their grandfather didn't own a department store chain, they're never going to get a shot either. So that's sad for me too. You know what I mean? So it's just a different sport, and you have to adjust to it. But I think the days of individuals being innovators um, in this sport, I won't say it's gone. But it's dormant right now. Right. It's it's somewhere it's somewhere hidden right now. It's not here. Right. It's not here. Well, and that presents a, sort of a larger picture question, which is I don't like I don't know how you can fix that because the cat's out of the bag in terms yeah. of the value of aero, the value of electronics, the value of com- computer calculations and simulations and all that kind of stuff. You can't put that away, even if you say no mm. more of this or that or the other thing. It's always going to be there yeah. in the R and D side. Yeah, it's of it. done. So I don't know. Like, no, I don't I, know how you solve it. No, I, I, you can't go backwards. Yeah. Okay. You know, once you once you once you open and crack the door, the door just become it becomes more open until you get to the next door. And what is the next door? I don't know what that is. Um, but no, you, you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle for sure with with where we're at. You know, but but at the same time, this this is what what fascinates me about this sport is, um, you know, we just went to the the fuel injection what. Six, seven years ago, eight or ten years yeah, ago? Yeah, less than that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I would defy you to go find a 2004 car with a carburetor on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. right. I mean, we, right, right. we stuck with that technology forever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We, we, we rode that yeah. until even Holly said, we're not making any more four <laughs> barrels. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, and, and that you rode that for so long, you know? Yeah. And, and even if you go to the car itself and you go to the rear steer and front steer chassis that we were running in the 80s and on up into the 90s, that was 1964 Chevelle and, 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 and Ford Fairlane technology. You know what I mean? That was 30, 40 years old at the time. So it's a, it had been a slow-moving sport, but it seems like in the last 10 or 12 years, it's tried to blast through into the new millennium, you know, at rocket speed. And, and sometimes it's not all – it doesn't all line up. I mean, you make this change, but that, it doesn't line up with this change. So, uh, but it's getting closer. They're getting better. The package they have now is a really good package. All right, way too much racing. Yeah, so okay. uh, what's your favorite racing movie of all time? Le Mans. Oh, what? I thought you were going to say Stroke Race. Nope. Okay. What a great Stroke Race is my from a well, your it's favorite a toss-up between Stroke Race and Talladega Nights is my favorite documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we've got something for you, my friend. Yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah. Proceed. Yeah, so. Um, but, we, but hold on. It, so, Le Mans, why Le Mans? Um, because it's racing. Yeah. It's racing. Like it's just proper. It, it's just it's just yeah, racing. Yeah. And, and the story makes no difference. Yeah. The the half page of dialogue through the whole movie. Right. Yeah. Doesn't get in the way of what I want to see. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It kind of stands to the side on its own. And it's. Steve, by God, McQueen. Yeah, right. End so of the, conversation. Right. You know I mean, On Any Sunday may be the greatest yeah. movie ever yeah, made. Movie. Okay. Ever made. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. And I saw that. And I, I got copies of it everywhere. Yeah. I, I carry, sometimes I carry a copy of it in, in the back of my backpack. A DVD. So I'll just I'll jam that thing in anywhere. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, my God. Malcolm Smith. Yeah. All those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was my era of riding dirt bikes sure. Yeah, stuff, right. So that was it, man. Yeah. yeah. That was a great film. So you were wrong about Lamont. It's actually the movie Three. ESPN Films created a documentary called Three. Mm. Okay. Have you ever seen said movie? The Dale Earnhardt movie. Obviously, I've never seen it, or yeah. I would have commented. No, okay. I've never seen. Wow, it. Wow, getting snippy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy who's dealt with his producer too much. Yeah. yeah. No, I have never he's seen got it. He's pegged. Is, is, is that good? Is, is it that good? No. <laughs> That's why it's good. Oh, so, that's what makes. It. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> then you've never seen. Have you ever seen the spectacular 1971, 72, 73 edition of 43, The Petty Story? No. What? Then you have yep. not been to Everest. <laughs> you have not been. You have not climbed the mountain. That's going to be the next version of this joke. <laughs> you have not climbed the mountain. I'm telling you. All right. So, sell us this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sell it to us. Okay. It's Richard right Petty back. playing himself. Oh, good. Who, Darren yeah, McGavin. A lot of actors. Darren yeah. McGavin playing, Richard, playing Lee Petty. Um, golly. I can't remember some of the actors. Buddy Baker playing himself. Good. Greatest Solid. line in any movie. <laughs> Greatest line in any movie. Buddy Baker is standing in the garage, and they're talking about a rule change or they're talking about something. And Buddy had a little bit of a lisp, you know, and had a real high voice for a, for a guy that was 6'8". And Buddy looks straight at him and says, that makes me so mad I could just spit. <laughs> the greatest line of any movie. That makes me so mad I could just spit. That is... That's Buddy Baker playing himself. <laughs> right. Some great racing footage. Can't even be mad at him. Um, right. No, 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 yeah. no, no. So you have to see it. It may, 
it, you know, in, in, in a world of blockbuster movies and, and high-budget films, this was not one of them. Right, correct. You know, yep. okay? Yeah, so Sometimes it, you can, listen, sometimes at like Family Dollar or some of those, you can, <laughs> and truck stops, you can find it in the dollar bin. You know, when you okay, walk in and, yeah. and they've transferred, you know, you walk in, you got to dig through, you right, know. Right, right. And you can get some like six-pack and oh, you know, that yeah, movie. Totally. Another great racing movie. Man, yeah, that's um, good one. So you can get some of that, but yeah, it's there. Okay, so when you finally when you get home tonight, obviously you're going to watch three by ESPN Films. Okay, and uh, we are just obsessed with one character in the movie, which is brought up whenever some drama is needed, a little bit of a you know arc to the story to keep everybody in line, which is called the Mill. Are you familiar with the Mill? No. So apparently, Ralph Earnhardt worked at the Canapolis Mill. Yeah. While he was getting his racing going, a cannon, and yeah. he would uh, cannon mill. Yeah. Is it? Oh, so you actually know that mill. Cannon, yeah. It's a Cannon family. They made uh, sheets, okay. uh, towels, stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. So you're familiar with the mill. I do know the mill. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm from North Carolina. That yeah, was a big mill. I know that mill. So basically, anytime they need some drama to get everybody back on pace with like why he's pushing so hard or driving like a crazy person or whatever, it's basically you know talking to Dale Sr. as a teenager, like, you better get out there and win or you're going back to that mill. To the mill. Yeah. yeah. So then Junior starts racing and it's like, Junior, you don't start winning like me, boy. You'll be working in the mill for the rest of your life. So we, we started talking about that, and every time we interview anybody from NASCAR, we're like, so was there a mill for you growing up? No. You know? No. Yeah. There was not a mill for me. <laughs> <laughs> there was not a mill. It was like, you're just going to work in our, fa- in our family's team. <laughs> yeah. This is, you're just not going to get to drive. Yeah. You're going to have to work. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You know what I mean? No, there was not. But, but that's the funny. That, that's, and that, that is North Carolina. Right. Because we are a textile state. Yes. We're a tobacco and a textile state. And all these small towns, if we, if we leave where we're sitting right now and go down towards Gastonia and go to Belmont, if we leave and go to Kannapolis and Concord, they're mill towns. I grew up in a mill town. Our town was, had a, a dye called Deep River Dye. They dyed fi- fabric. Yeah. So once a week, you could drive across Deep River and look down in the water, and it might be red if they were dying red that, that week or blue. <laughs> they right. just dumped the dye in the river and let her go. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. the way it was back in the 70s, you know, the 60s and 70s. They just Free dumped it. OSHA. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we all grew up in mill towns. And, and where I grew up, people were either farmers mm-hmm. or worked in the mill. People in town worked in the mill. Yeah. People in the country worked on farms. Yeah. And dairy farms, tobacco farms didn't make any difference. So, uh, no, but see, I, I think for me, and it's funny because for me, my granddad was one of the first, if not the first, who came along and said, I can make a living racing. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So he started making a living racing in like 50, 51. He didn't, I mean, he never worked another day in his life on anything except a race car and going to racetracks. Yeah. You know? So even even when you come along and buck and those guys and, and, and you get into the mid and, and, and Joe Weatherly and a lot of those guys, you get into the 60s or the mid, mid-50s, the late-50s. Most of those guys worked other jobs, you know, and, and Pearson, talking to Pearson, his dad worked in a mill. Yeah. And, you know, he said the first time they climbed the pine tree out behind Greenville Pickens, and he said the first time he saw a dirt car come up off the corner when he was seven years old. Yeah. He said, I'm going to be a race car driver. And it fascinates me. That fascinates me because that's like saying – in 1900, I'm going to be an astronaut. To go to the moon. <laughs> right, yeah. Nobody makes a living driving a race yeah, car. Right. You know what I mean? When, when Pearson in 41, 42, nobody, nobody made a living driving a stock car. Yeah. But these guys that came from that era, it always fascinates me because they believed I can make a living doing that. Yeah, right. I, and they did. Yeah. No, no, you know, they just kind of willed it in the yeah. end, along with, with France Sr. and those guys. But no, we didn't have a mill. Yeah. I just worried. Our mill was at the 
We didn't have a mill. We didn't have a farm. We raised race cars. That's why we raced. <laughs> we were growing race we cars. We grew race cars over there. That was that. <laughs> Obviously, you come from a family of, of, of racing. Has, do you know of any parents that actively discourage racing? Like, it's either too, no. you know. I know some that should. Oh, um, after okay. watching their kids drive, they should have at a, at a young age. <laughs> okay. uh, let, me, let me. Yeah. So let's name names. <laughs> we'll believe it. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't know of. You know, we live in a crazy world, though. Yeah. Where everybody believes their kids are the most special kids in the world. Yeah. Oh my God! I just had Mozart. Oh my God! Picasso's living at my house. He's only 18 months old, <laughs> right, but you right. ought to see what he's painting right yeah, now. Yeah, right. You the know fridge. What I, mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like an everybody gets a participation ribbon. Um, you wouldn't like sports car. No. <laughs> I, listen. Not anymore. I, I don't, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like to be a winner, somebody has to lose. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the point is, and, and to this day, I hate the lucky dog in our sport. Huh. Yeah. Because so, my job, my job, if there's 40 teams – and we all work our butts off back at the shop. And we come. My job and my team's job is to kick 39 butts. And when I do my job and put you a lap down and they give you something, what they give me? They didn't give me anything. Yeah, yeah. I played right. I, I played by the rules. I was the best. I was the best for those 90 laps. What did you give me? I gave you your lap back. You didn't give me a damn thing. Give me, my, give me something. Give me a point. Give me something to equal it out. So I'm not... I'm not a big fan of that, but m- most, most, there's guys that have come through this sport who, whose parents have encouraged, 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 and then it's sad when they don't make it yeah. because they have nothing. Right. They have nothing right. to fall back on. They don't have a college education. They sure. don't have a job base. Yeah. They, they have no skills except trying to be a race car driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're not even fabricators or they're not mechanics. They're yeah. just drivers, you know. At least, and, and doing my thing with Matt earlier, Matt is a great fabricator and a great driver yeah. and a, a great mechanic. So he could have always worked on a team. Yeah. You know I mean, you can, if you love racing and that's what you want to do, but I, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of anybody really discouraging their kids, and, and that's sad sometimes. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's just sad because you, you need, your kid needs options. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And, and you should help them do what they want to do, but don't point them. Don't force them into that. Yeah, right. That, so yeah. it's a super generic question, but uh, if there was no mill, <coughs> yeah. uh, what what was the Kyle Petty job going to be if, if driving wasn't wasn't cutting it? You know what? If I if, and, and I've always said this, if I didn't drive, I'd yeah. work on cars or motorcycles. Yeah. Probably motorcycles. Uh, no, yeah, cars or motorcycles. Once once I I'll, I'll say this, and this is what I've said before, is I became a motorcycle guy when I was ten years old. Okay, love motorcycle. Got my first motorcycle when I was like five and a half, but. I became a motorcycle, true motorcycle guy when I was 10 because when they unloaded that Superbird and they built that thing in that shop and had a Hemi that was bigger than this table. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it had nice red heads on it. You know what I mean? And those polished valve covers that had the Petty Enterprise decal on yeah, it. You yeah. know? And they had to turn. You know, it didn't have a, wasn't just a stud with a, stud with a, with a nut on it. It had the, you know, the wing tip or the wing kind of screw on things. Yeah. Huge freaking air cleaner that was this big. <laughs> yeah. And that thing was sitting on the ground. It's like, again, I've been to the top of the mountain. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, I have seen Jesus. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I, I never need to see another car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing compares. Because, you know, there's that age when you're, 
when you're a kid that one car sticks in your head, and that's the car. Yeah. And for me, it was a Superbird. And we had a couple of guys that rode Harleys to the race shop, so I was like, I'm a, I'm a bike guy now. <laughs> I used to be a car guy. Yeah. Now I've seen that. Yeah. Never going to get any yeah. better than that as long as I live. So, right. I, so, but I loved, from the time I was about 15 or 16 until my dad quit driving, I built all his seats. Oh. Yeah, I, I would bend and shape and weld and all aluminum seats just fix all his stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I just like the weld. I love the weld. To this day, I still, I'll go to the race shop up to my dad's place and just weld. Yeah. I just weld two pieces. <laughs> I can weld a broken heart to the crack of dawn. That's how good I am. And <laughs> how long were you waiting to say <laughs> that? <laughs> He's like, let me use this one real quick. No, but but, see, but I, I like to be a fabricator. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to be. So a, my dad does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love fabrication. Yeah. I love taking a flat piece of metal. And my, grandma, my grandfather on my mother's side was a cabinet maker. Mm-hmm. And he could do the same thing with wood. And it used to just fascinate me what he could do with wood. And we just did it with metal. So I, that would be my backup plan. Yeah. So young Kyle Betty at the shop, big boss's kid. Yeah. Were, were, uh, did they, were they allowed to give you endless or did they have to? Oh, uh, endless. Okay. Endless. Yeah. endless. What's the worst thing they did to you? Um, well, they, when I was young, like seven or eight, they painted my genitals. Um, <laughs> Dark blue, dark okay. blue, petty so, blue. Then no, go petty no, blue. No, no, went okay. Ford blue. Ford, Ford blue. blue. Okay, Ford blue. Sure. that was our parts. That was our yeah. parts. Color. Again, like so my dating about, life. That's about the worst thing that they they ever did. Man, we would we'd pitch quarters during break time. You know, you're seven years old, eight years old, and you're hanging out and you're pitching quarters to the line. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> no, I <mean>, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. no, no. I mean, you just grew up with that. Yeah, you know, you right. grew up, yeah. It, It's funny because I, I, when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I had friends, but my best friends were 25, 26, 27, yeah, and worked exactly. on race cars. Yep, they, yep. Were, they were my best friends. They were the guys I hung out with and I wanted to hang yeah, out with. Yeah. And these guys were cool, don't get me wrong, but they didn't work on race cars, so they weren't as cool. So, um, yeah, you know, I, being at the, I, when, I, when I, from the time I was 12, 12, probably 12 or 13, I worked basically about a year in every department, whether it was the engine room, I worked for a year. Body shop only works six months. You can only inhale so much. Yeah. 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 I mean, when Bondo you're coughing up, when you're in class and you're yeah. coughing up petty blue paint, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you walk in and your cologne is lacquer thinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like, you're good to go. It's, yeah. it's like, lady. This in this like, area, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, from the fab shop with Richie Bars and Steve Mill, worked there with them. And then engine shop with my with my uncle and the body shop with Danny Holiday and those guys. I just worked a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the fab shop was the place that I liked to work. Yeah. The most. True. So, and, and I graduated in 78. Um, and um, we went to Daytona with a car. I, I, my first race was 79, but we went to Daytona with a Dodge for my dad. And run, run a couple laps. And we, had, we, we didn't have a lot of, we had fallen on some, he hadn't won a race in 70, 78, 79, right along there. He hadn't won a race. So, Dodge was, you know, they didn't. They came with the dreaded Magnum, one of the well, most well-designed cars, aero-wise, ever. Um, so he had run that, and then we were switching to Chevy. But he wanted to try one more time, one more time with this Dodge. So we were going back to Dodge in 79. We were going to build this Dodge, man. And we built that thing. We go to Daytona, and he went out and warmed it up. And this, you know, you just ride around slow for two or three laps. And he jumped on it, and he run like two laps. And cut it clean at the start finish line. You know, cut it clean, then coast back in. And he cut it clean, and it coasted to the middle of the backstretch and stopped. And he fired it up, 
He drove it around and pulled it right down to the truck. We loaded it up and went home. And this was on like the 10th, 11th, 12th of January. So we come home, and it's Richie Bars and Steve Mill, and we cut that body off and put an Oldsmobile body on it. And, man, I go to school. I'm going to school, like, for two classes and then jumping. Two classes, jumping. And we're working over there until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, going home, sleeping for five or six hours, and then coming back. And we got to build a whole car for Daytona. You know what I mean? So we, we put this thing together and go down there and run like dog crap. <laughs> and Richie comes down, um, flies, down on a, flies down on a U.S. air flight and gets off the plane, and he's got two soft bags that he's checked through full of tubing bins. Yeah. And he goes in the garage stall and builds a set of headers. And that picks us up a little bit. Okay. That picks us up. Got a brand new set right. of headers. He just builds them. It's nothing but bins. Just like they do today. Yeah. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? In it's the garage. Just yeah. nothing but bins. Yeah. We spend a, he spends a whole day welding these things together and fixes, puts this thing together. And stip, run better, but not good. Yeah. And then he's running third on the last lap. And Bobby and Donnie wreck. Yeah. Bobby, Donnie, and Kel wreck. Yeah, yeah. And he wins the Daytona 500. Yeah. And it's like the most unlikely win in all of his wins. Yeah. Is, is, it is. Because it's like that's a time they went there and didn't have the best car, didn't have the fastest car. didn't. If you look at the car, it doesn't even have all the STP on it because STP's drawn their money back because right. we've run so bad. They've cut the budget, so we took them off the car. It says Southern Pride. It's a car wash company. Um, <laughs> it's what it says yeah. on the side. And – to me, I have two great moments in this sport, and that's the first one. And the second one was when my son won, when Adam won the ARCA race uh, over here. Those are my two all-time greatest moments, the highest highs I've ever been in this sport, as being a part of building your dad's car that wins the Daytona 500 and being a part of building the car that your son wins his ARCA race in. And those are my two, no matter what I did, or, and I didn't do a lot, but no matter what I did, those are the biggest moments that I've had. So, and that's why I can honestly say if I didn't drive, I'd work on cars. Yeah. Because I got just as excited and yeah. just as much out of that as I did anything else. So I started as a mechanic yeah. when I worked with you and uh, did that for a couple of years until I was able to find my way yeah. into, into a race car. And I still to this day think that some of the greatest days of my career to date were working as a mechanic because when you're a driver, you show up and you drive and then you're kind of especially in sports cars you're yeah. dealing with your teammate or coaching yeah. or whatever but you don't spend day in day out in the shop and you don't build that camaraderie with the guys, with the guys. where you're non-stop you eat every meal together yeah. pretty much you're always together you travel together you room together it's a different it's, it's a different it's a, deal it, yeah. it is a camaraderie and, and it yeah. is a it is a and that's what racing that's what racing was in the 60s and the 70s and on into the 80s um is you went everywhere with your team and that's why that's why if you go back and watch old footage of, of racing, when a driver got in a fight, the team's right there with him. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, he just drives a car. He can go fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got nothing to do with that. Yeah, I don't you care about that. I don't care about that. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. You don't. You yeah. never see a team come to their driver's defense anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? In our sport, you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see drivers mouth at each other and drivers say things and and they text and they tweet. And they, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? I mean such bs yeah but but you just don't see the teams yeah. back up drivers like they used to because the drivers are just a piece yeah they're not part they're just a piece so more kind of a fun topic i always like to ask this of people that had to you know 
earned their way in the sport and then got to do some pretty yeah. neat stuff. So you were racing in NASCAR during pretty much the height of like the yeah. Winston sponsorship and corporate sponsorships coming in, and you were winning races. What's the first dumb thing you bought when you got some money? Um, first dumb thing. You know what? And the f- first dumb thing. I bought a lot of dumb stuff, man. <laughs> no, I really – you know what? I tell you, the first the – in my mind, I'll say this. In my mind, the only dumb thing I really bought was a um, Porsche Carrera, little convertible, yeah. whatever they called them. I, I don't know. I just wanted it. Um, and, like, when I was driving for Felix, I had won a couple races. And um, that, that's probably the dumbest thing I ever bought. Okay. But you can resell that at least. Oh, I finally got rid of it. Yeah. But let me well, tell you what I did, what I would do with it. So at the time, um, and I was married the first time and, and my kids were younger, we would get in the car and make them wear their seatbelts, and I'd go over to the church parking lot and just do donuts. With the top down. With yeah. the top down. Yeah. And I wore out a set of rear tires doing donuts. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Right. Because it, they, they were – but I kept it – I probably kept that thing about six months. Um, and that was about it. And, yeah. I, and I, six months, and I had 10,000 miles on it from doing donuts, from not from going anywhere. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, you know what? It's funny because I didn't really – we were – so I went to – I drove for my dad Yeah. Okay, when I first started. Um, and I drove for him – I drove 79. I drove five races. And 80, I drove 15 races. And that was my rookie year. Uh, we didn't run a whole season. 81, I drove the full season. So, when we got to the end of 82, I drove that season two also. So, for those three years, four years, so when I got to the end of 82, I was still taking home $89 a week <laughs> and driving a cup car. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. Because all of our money went back to the race. Yeah, right. right. I mean, yeah. it was a family business. Yeah. Right. And, and at the end of the year, if there was money left over, my dad would get a bonus, and he might give me a couple thousand dollars for him, and he'd get whatever. But, yeah. I, you know, yeah. Yeah, and you think, man, I'm 22, 23. Yeah, right. I got 2,500 bucks, man, yeah. for driving all year long. You know what I mean? It was a big year. Yeah, right. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a family business. So we didn't – I went to drive for the Wood Brothers, and they were a family business, and I understood that. I didn't, I didn't really even think about money yeah. until early 90s when I started driving for Felix. Yeah. And then the sport was changing. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. But – you realize that the teams, these teams, you just went to work for a family. Even if you went to Junior Johnson's or you went to Bud's, you still, that's a family business. It wasn't, it's not like it is now. So yeah. you didn't think about making money. And, and, you know, and I've always had the opinion, and right or wrong, right or wrong, that if you, if you, if you want to drive a race car and you're doing it for money, you need to go do something else. Right. Yeah. If you don't do it just to stand in victory lane on a Sunday and hold the trophy in, and flip off the rest of the competitors yeah. that you were the best that day. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That, that's what. That's it. You know what I mean? There's no price you can put on that feeling of being there when everybody else is loading their crap up and going home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I, the money thing was never a big. I've been comfortable. Yeah. My whole life, and I, I'm good with that. What's the name of the town? You're. you're Randleman. Randleman. Thank you. So, last year on the Hot Rod Power Tour, one of oh, the stops yeah. was at. At Petty's garage. Yes, you did. So we went there, and that particular day, I was riding with Rut in his truck, and he's like, "You know, Richard's house is just down the road. We, yeah. we should go look at the buffalo." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, they got buffalo. Yeah, yeah all right. he's got a couple so, buffalo." So, so we go over there, and when you pull up to the property, 
big gates. Yeah. And uh, the, the guy mowing the grass was wearing a Continental Tire hat, which is our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> but was. But they're partners Duh, with yeah, uh, partners with, with, with Patty's Garage. So, um, so I was like, that's cool. And so we drive in, and the gate. I'm thinking, man, this thing's gonna have like you know three compounds of a house. Yeah. And the house is very much probably the same house he's been living in for. So 30, 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you. Okay. So here's the deal. So if you were at the garage, there's a white house right beside the garage, yep. a big white house. That's yeah. where my grandmother and grandfather lived. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother's last name was Tombs. So that's the Tombs home. And that's my dad was born upstairs in that house. So he was born in that house. And if you look, and you, I know you didn't pay any attention to it. If you look to the other side of the house, there's a little brick house over there. Okay. And it's 1,800 square feet. I lived there until I was 15. We lived, so that's mid-70s. Yeah, right. Mid-70s, we lived in that house. My sister Sharon, my sister Lisa, uh, and myself and my mom and dad. Five of us lived in, it was three bedrooms. Uh, I shared a room with my sister until I was seven or eight. And then or Lisa was born when, when I was five. But Lisa stayed in the nursery. And then I ended up, we switched rooms and she moved in with Sharon. So we lived there. So he built that house in 74, 75, right along in there. And it was my mom, and it was his dream house. It's just a ranch style. Yeah. Goes down and turns, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And he has lived there since the mid-70s, and it's the same. And it's like Graceland. Still got the shag carpet in it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? I think it's like Graceland, man. Yeah. Because that was their dream house. Yeah. And that's where he wanted to live, and that's it. I was so moved by it because it's just like – just a house? Yeah, just a you're, house. You're not like, oh, clearly some gazillionaire yeah. guy who did no. It's just a normal house. He just lives there. And it looks like it's been the same. It's since? been the yeah. same. Yeah. It's always been the same. Yeah. When we go into, when we went into Bobby Unser's home, <laughs> yeah. um, you knew who lived there. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. there's no shortage of Bobby Unser everything on every square. <laughs> yeah. There's less posters paint on the walls than yeah. there is. The, yeah. is, it, is it an I love me kind no. of deal or is there like nothing could, in it? You could, okay, until when you come through the front door. Yeah. Okay. There was um, a trophy case, and it just was just a case, just one side, okay. one side, yeah. and it had specific things in it. It had um, first Daytona 500 trophy from '64. Uh, had that had his Congressional Medal of Honor, yeah. um, some stuff like you know. It just had special stuff like that. Yeah. And then one day he decided, no, nope, I don't need that in my house, and we'll take it over to the garage. And that's where the museum yeah. is. Yeah. So all that stuff's in the museum. So you can come in one end of that house. And go to the other. And there's a couple of pictures of some race cars, you know, that, that he's had and some of that stuff. But other than that, there's not a trophy in that house anymore. Yeah. Not a trophy in that house. Tell you a true story. So we're living next door to, <laughs> we live next door in that little 1,800 square foot house. Um, and they would, he'd win trophies. He'd bring them home, had no place to put them, so they put them in the attic. <laughs> so, you know, you got your rafters and you take a piece of plywood and you yeah, s- right. set trophies yeah, on it. Christmas ornaments, trophies. Yeah. 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 yeah, trophies, 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 trophies. Yeah. So one day we're, we're downstairs and um, we're over here in a pine grove kind of. My granddad's house sets in a bunch of oak trees and stuff. And, you know, we're in, we're in there and we're sitting in the living room. And, I don't know, it's got to be early 70s. And all of a sudden you hear a bang, 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 bang. And you know something's in the attic. And a squirrel had gotten in the attic and started knocking over trophies somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and a trophy fell off a rafter at just the right stage and boom, right through the sheetrock and right through the ceiling. And, and you're sitting Whoa. here and there's a, there's a tro- there's half a trophy yeah. sticking out through the, through, the, through the popcorn ceiling. You know what I mean? You're going to go up and find out which one it is and pull out. But I bet at one time, honest to gosh, I bet at one time he had 
150 trophies up there. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy that the house didn't collapse. Because <laughs> right, right. that's when a trophy was a trophy. Yeah, it was made you know, when they real material. Yeah. Yeah. When they weighed something. But all that stuff's, in, um, all that stuff's either in the museum yeah. or in a storage, another room up uh, as part of the building yeah. that they rotate through. But, but there's a few trophies that are special to Yeah. Me. Sean's never been to the Petty's Garage, but if, you, if you're listening and you go to the to Petty's Garage, they're doing a lot of really cool streetcar builds yeah. there, but they yeah. also have some of his historical winning cars. Yeah. But I've never seen more keys to cities oh my God. or things that were given to him by important people from all over the world in that room. I mean, we're talking like thousands of yeah. belt buckles and pistols and, yes, all, and everything's stuff. like gifted from the Sultan of Purdue or yeah. whatever. You know, you're just like, what? I know. Like, yeah. It, it's, it is crazy. And, and the thing was, here, here's the thing it, it's, or, that fascinates me is, and listen, we all have egos, but at the same time, sometimes when you're with my dad, it fascinates him that people want to give him stuff or want to look up to him or look, because he's just, he's a guy that drove a race car. Right. And he'll tell you that. I just, I was lucky. I was born into this family, and this is what we did. And if, you know, if we'd been dairy farmers, I'd have tried to be the best dairy farmer I could be. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just how how we were raised. And I think it's still fascinating. And the other thing that fascinates me, uh, the thing that fascinates me about him is he's 82, and he is still the biggest race fan I've ever met. Huh. He loves racing, loves He'll watch anything, anytime, if it's racing. He drags to a racetrack every week. Yeah. He watches them on TV. I mean, he just he's a race fan. And that's the, when you talk to him, that's still that eight-year-old kid in it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because he still, he still loves that. You know what I mean? And you would think after, after going to all these races from the time he was 12 or 13 years old, it would have gotten old. Yeah. But it never got old. Yeah. Never got old, man. And you get that. That, that's how you know he loves it. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? It's not at 82, he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he'd rather go stand on the truck in the middle of the infield <laughs> right. at Martinsville and watch cars go around in circles yeah. because that's what right. he loves. Yeah. Is there the anybody thing. he roots for that we would never think? Like, is he sitting there on a Sunday morning like, it's Albon's day? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no. Poor Gasly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not really. You know, it, it's funny. He has definite opinions. He has yeah. definite oh, opinions. Oh, I believe on, that. On, he, he thinks, and, and he said it, you know, that Jimmy is just, Jimmy Johnson's just an underrated race car driver. You know what I mean? I, I mean, and, and we've all said it. You know, five championships in a row? Come on, dude. I mean, that's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. That's the most underrated sports accomplishment. Yeah, right. That, that every, and, 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 you know, and it's funny because you'll say, man, that Kyle Busch can drive. And he's like, yes, he can. But he said, you know who really can drive? Jimmy Johnson. He never lets his car get out of shape. He said, Kyle just lets his stuff go crazy, and then he has the talent to save it. Yeah, right. But Jimmy's smart enough never to let his car get out of shape. Yeah. And you think about it, and it's like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. He got his stuff fixed. He doesn't have to. Drive sideways he didn't, Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to be crazy. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? He can, he can come back. Yeah. So it's really amazing. I mean, he always he was a big Matt Kenseth fan. Yeah. Yeah, he really liked Matt. He thought Matt was the second coming of David Pearson. That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, but he was a big Matt fan. And there, yeah. there's guys he likes, and there's guys that, that he thinks, man, taking up space. Yeah. Taking up space. You mentioned 12-year-old Kyle Petty. Yeah. At what point uh, in, in adolescent Kyle did he decide to have the bitchin' mustache? Mmm. That's good. 
as soon as I could get it is what I decided <laughs> that I was going to Ladies, yeah. step right up. Hey, I'm a freshman in high school, so you're a senior. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I'm a player. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was like, um, just seemed like the thing to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it was yeah. a different time. Yeah. Well, remember, there was Magnum P.I. and all that stuff. Too. Right. So yeah, was, yeah. That, was the, yeah. that was at the height of, yeah. When you needed a mustache, yeah. I needed so, a Ferrari too, but I didn't get that. So. <laughs> yeah. When you met Burt Reynolds, then was it? A, oh, was that a new day in your life? Yeah. So we did uh, stroke race, and Richmond was part of that. So it was me and Richmond and Ricky Rudd and Earnhardt Senior, and we had been out that night. Got it. We got like a six thirty call or something. You know, you got to be on set, and um, so we had been out to. Um, Let's just say there were girls dancing. Okay. 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 So okay. we had been out, and we had gotten thrown out oh. of, of the right. establishment that the we were in. The smile when yeah. he says it, too. We had gotten thrown out. So, so, so we all have tri- – so we're all coming down Peachtree or something, okay? Yeah. And we're in this big – in a 90-passenger maxi van, you know, the big vans, yeah, whatever. right, right. And we're all laying, you know, and <laughs> not looking. And all of a sudden, we notice we're stopped. And kind of lean up and sitting right in the middle of the road is a house. A house. And I looked at Earnhardt, and he looked at me, and Richmond turned around, and he looked at us, and Ricky looked, and we're like, nah. <laughs> and you just lay back down. You know what I mean? You just lay back down. Well, the next morning in the paper... They had moved a house from one side of Peachtree yeah. to the other side, yeah. and it just so happens that we were coming down there, and there was a big picture. There was a picture in the paper, and it's like, oh, that was, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that. Yeah, that so. makes sense. But it's yeah. like, no, man. There's no way we're <laughs> seeing that. With that. We're not dealing with that tonight. <laughs> <back> <laughs> <to> sleep. <laughs> but it was um, – yeah. so stroke race was fun. That was, yeah. that was good. Who, yeah. At the height of your career, who would you say your group that you went out with that night and partied with was? Oh, I was married. I didn't go out. So there was never any Kyle Petty racing – Going out for a I went with my guys. Okay. I, I, because, you, and you got to remember that mostly I drove for my dad, and then I drove for the Wood Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to drive for Felix, it was Gary and John Wilson and Jim Long and those guys. When I went to drive for Felix, there were only six of us there. Right. Yeah. And in, in the early 90s, we were, in, we were winning races with like 10 people yeah, on the team. That's incredible. You know I mean, yeah. everybody who worked at the shop went over the wall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was that kind of thing. So it, it was, um, and I know it's crazy. I went out with Earnhardt a couple times in, um, L.A. Good, um, good. And that was fun. But nobody knew who you were. Sure, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. In L.A., nobody knew who you were. Yeah. So, and he had won the championship by then. But um, we didn't go out that much. You know, it was funny. We'd stand in the parking lot and drink beer and eat pizza. Yeah. Because you had to get up and be at the racetrack next yeah, morning, sure. 6.30 or 7.00. You sure. know what I mean? And so it was a different, especially through the 80s and into the early 90s, it was, it was that way. It got a little, and then, man. But I will say this. If cell phones had been around, we had all been unemployed. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I mean, there, there were those moments. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was about it. Yeah. Gotcha. Did you ever have any interaction with Alan Kowicki at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We did a documentary on him a couple of years ago because we were both big fans, and we yeah. wanted to try to get the fan vote for him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we did a lot of Alan Kowicki research. Yeah. So Alan and I um, Alan and I got to be pretty good friends, honestly. He would fly to the races and back from races with Felix and I okay. Um, from the time I started uh, or from the time I started with Felix in 89 I don't know how we got up with Alan but we just got up with Alan and he just hung out with us Yeah, and it was like he was such a good guy 
such a good guy. Um, Alan's the kind of guy, and you know, driving a race car, you with, with our stuff especially, you know, you, shocks were just becoming a thing mm-hmm. where you had to build your own shocks and do all this stuff. And we would talk about stuff, and he's like, "What kind of front? What what front spring you got? And this is what I'm running. What about this? Okay, I'm doing this. Well." No wonder that'll never work. And I'm like, what'd you ask me for? Yeah, right, you know what I mean? What'd right, you ask? I'm, I'm right. telling you, and I'm being honest. And he was the kind of guy that you could tell him everything you had, and he would just tell you straight up, that won't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then even if you outrun him, yeah. he would say, there's no way you made that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then he was fascinated that you made that yeah, work. Yeah, you know? right, right. But, um, yeah, Alan was, one night we were a little intoxicated. Sure. And I was riding shotgun in a Lincoln Continental. Felix was in the back, I think. And Alan was driving. And we would stop at a drive-thru window yeah. at Burger King and time <laughs> ourselves to get back to the drive-thru window. <laughs> so you're doing laps? Yeah, laps. <laughs> and, and we must have made 20 laps at this Burger King in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I, and I'm like, we got to get out of here, man. I was, I was okay enough to say, we got to get out or the cops are going to come. They're going to throw right, us in. Right. But it was just like this huge Lincoln, you know. And, yeah, yeah. and it was a Lincoln with an escort chip. Suspension, sure. you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. that's when they were making everything off the same platform. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Alan was a good guy. Yeah. Alan, and and it was it was that was incredibly tragic. Yeah. Just incredibly tragic. Yeah. Because he was such a good, so smart. And, you know. But we've talked about, and I've talked about this before. I'm not sure. It's funny as the sport changed. I'm not sure how he would have survived. Right. You know what I mean? Because his way of thinking and his way of doing things, there was a window that opened, but that window was going to close. Right. You know what I mean? And would he adjust to that? Yeah. Could he adjust to that? He was pretty pretty set in his ways and pretty intense on how he wanted to do things, you know? Um, and, and, you know, he and Paul and Danny and all those guys, they were just a good group of guys yeah. that came together at the right time and made something happen. And they all had limited success after he left, but not like they right. like they had together. And I'm not sure where they would have gone. That's, that would be an interesting yeah, story, too. For sure. To see where, if you could project that out, mm-hmm. to see where they went. Yeah. Um, I had a, I, so you do a lot of TV stuff now. Yeah. How many days a year are you on TV on average? Um, I don't know. Probably with, probably... Probably three or four days a week. Yeah, okay. Three or four days a week at any given time. So when you're on TV, you put yourself out there to be lambasted on yeah. Twitter for anything. Yeah, and you're pretty everything. active on social media. Yeah. How do you deal with haters? Don't care. Yeah. I, and, and this is the way I look at it, okay? And is if, <clears throat> if and, and it, maybe it's just me because I, I grew up different, okay? So <laughs> let me put it to you this way. I grew up different because my dad was in the public eye. So even when I went, when I was in, in, in school, and not the school that I was in, but when we would play football or basketball or baseball against another school, people always said stuff. Yeah. Always said stuff. You know, they'd call you names because your dad was Richard Petty. Sure, they would, right. So you always got, had that, you know. And I think the way I dealt with it was a way, like my mom taught us to deal with it, is do you know those people? I don't know. Well, good, because they're not your kind of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And you don't know them, so it shouldn't bother you. Yeah. And the, the way I look at Twitter is the same way. I don't know these people. I didn't ask you to follow me. Yeah, right. You're following me. You want to slam me? You're following me, dude. 
Yeah. You know, I can't help it. You got a dog in your profile that looks just like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, your family tree runs straight up and down. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but the point is, is I don't know these people. Right. So it doesn't bother me. Now, a lot of people, it bothers. Yeah. You know, I, I, I talk to people all the time. That, Did you see what he said about me? Why do you care? Yeah, right. Why do you care? You know what I mean? Is <laughs> I work for a network, NBC, who has employed me to give my opinion. And if you don't like it, that's okay. It's my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just putting it out there. And if you want to slam me for it, that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you've got a valid argument, come back at me. Yeah. Come back at me. If you've got a valid. But when you, you know, when, and, and I'll be tweeting somebody and somebody will say, da 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 and you need to cut your ponytail. And I'm like, okay, you win because you went personal. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah, right. You know, as, if, when you go personal, you just run out of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Give me an intellectual argument or give me something. But 95% of the people on Twitter, they just want to slam you. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. And, and it's their moment of, of greatness. Instant gratification. Yeah, yeah it's their right. moment of yeah. greatness. And they show their friends, look, I just sent I this got to him. the Kyle Petty, man. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so I'll tell you this story. So we had this little... I will change the name, <laughs> and, and I'm going I'm to call this kid Donnie. Okay, I'm just going to call this kid Donnie. So Kenny, Strader, Kenny Wallace and I are doing um, um, this, this. I learned a good lesson here, but I'm, I will say is, and the lesson learned is you never know who's on the, behind that avatar. It could be a 10-year-old kid. You never yeah. know. So we're at Talladega, and this, I get this thing from this Donnie kid. And he said, uh, he says, <laughs> he says, we're headed to Talladega. See that dumbass Kyle Petty? <laughs> gonna, gonna go to the speed stages. See that dumbass Kyle Petty? See what stupid he has to say? So I see it, and I'm like, I'll be sitting here. You know what I mean? I just tweeted him back. I'll yeah. be sitting here. Oh, you'll know it's me when I get there. And I said, well, how will I know it's you? And he said, I'll let you know. And that was the end of that day. Next day, Kenny and I are out there. Boom. It starts up. We're here. And then he said, we're watching you, stupid. Like that. And I said, well, that's cool. I said, how do I know it's you? And he said, I got on a Kyle Bush hat. <laughs> okay. And I said, well, you need two Kyle Bush hats. One to crap in and one to cover it up. <laughs> Using it. And he, fires, and he fires back, if you want to talk to me, I'll talk to you. And I said, meet me at the side of the stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll come down during the first break. So Kenny, and, Kenny knows what's going on. So me and okay. Kenny and I are sitting here. So as soon as it comes down, man, we're ready. Yeah. We're ready. Commercial comes on, boom. We're unhooked. We're down the steps. We're over there. And are you amped? It's a 15-year-old kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. 15-year-old kid. So I said, come on back. Yeah. So it's him and his dad. Yeah. So his dad comes back, and we're talking. I'm like, man, Donnie, how you doing, man? Yeah, right. Doing good, yeah. you know? You know Kenny? This is my buddy Kenny, and I'll, Kenny takes pictures. And yeah. His dad said, can we take pictures? Sure, Donnie, get in the middle here. Yeah, so we right, take right, right, right. And so we're getting ready to go back up on stage, and his dad says, so how do y'all know Donnie? <laughs> and I said, well, Donnie will tell you. And we just went back up on stage. Yeah, right. Okay? So next commercial, his dad's looking at us, and his dad waves. We come down. His dad's like, I am so sorry. He showed me what he's been sending you. Yeah. That's unacceptable. Right. Unacceptable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his dad just went on and on and on. And I was like, no problem, man. Yeah. No problem. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a game. It's a little bit of a game. It's all good. Yeah. To this day, if somebody writes something bad and he sees it, he defends me. That's your guy. He defends me, the That's other guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, yeah, he, just, he just decided to go negative. Right. And, and he didn't know me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, yeah. d- he didn't know me at all. All he knew was what you see. Yeah. So I don't pay attention to when people slam yeah, me right. and do stuff like that. I just don't. Yeah. 
and I, I know there's I, I know a lot of people in TV and probably in your position with that that do podcast and do media and stuff that take it real personal. Oh sure. You yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And we'll and we'll take it, but you just can't. Not us. Yeah. Yeah. I listen, Not I'll take all. anything personal. It doesn't fuel our drive no. to the night to get to We the don't sit there on nineteen hour drive <laughs> yeah. going, what yeah. the I'll f show that <laughs> yeah. guy didn't like yeah. my Dave to Spain interview. Yeah. It just doesn't bother me. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and and again I think it's because I've heard it my whole life. Right, right. My whole life. Again, Ryan, how many cup uh, victories do you have? Same as you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be zero. Yeah, yeah no. So where I kind of was leading that towards is a mutual friend of ours I want to give a little love to, Rutledge Wood. Yes. And Rutledge is a different personality from the average bear. Yes, he is. And before I met him and had seen him on TV, I was like, eh, he seems a little bit, you yeah. know, out there and that's fine or whatever. But he is one of the kindest people have ever met yeah and when he speaks highly of you i'm like taking that from the place of rutledge saying it because it's yeah. not like he's not selling me on that's right on kyle he's like his friend kyle yeah you know and we are friends yeah and best friends exactly and, yeah. and so he and i spent a lot of time together doing other projects but also in atlanta because yeah. we're both from there and he sings your praises but again he's not selling me on like you gotta yeah. get kyle he's just yeah. like man we were hanging out <laughs> and we were doing this and it's just like that you must be a good person for that so defend rutledge wood as the color commentary nbc guy because a lot of People don't realize that he's a real car guy. Knows more about cars yeah. than anybody yeah. I know. Yeah. Anybody, hands yep. down, yep. bar none. I don't know anybody who can quote from a 1974 Motor Trend magazine. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And and exactly what was written. I mean, he's amazing yeah. when it comes to imports. He's amazing when it comes to yep. muscle cars. He knows more about the automobile yeah. than I know about race cars. Yeah. I don't know anything about cars. I know about race cars. Yeah. You know, I know caster and camber. I know how to set a thing. Mm -hmm. I know springs. I know shocks. But I know nothing about it. He can tell you. It's, I'm always fascinated when he says, yeah, that's a, uh, you know, 72 silica with such and such. And it comes standard with this, this, this. Right. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like I'm watching my cousin Vinny. It's yeah. Was driving. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Right. It's, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And at the same time, and, and, and you said, he may be one of the most caring, giving kind individuals that I know. I mean, it's hard to believe. And he takes massive abuse, yeah. man, because people are like, well, that clown doesn't need to be on TV. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Because he, the driver's like, he adds levity with a touch of seriousness. I mean, he can take a guy in an interview and have him crying one minute and laughing the next minute. Yeah. And that's, that's an, there's an art to that. Yeah. There's an, and and it's, it's that kindness, it's his heart, it shows through, you know. And, and that's the deal. And if you don't like him, he's not everybody's cup of tea. Sure. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. You know, that's what's magic about what we do. You've got Dale Jarrett. You've got all these other guys that are in here, too. You don't have to listen to what I say. Listen to what he says. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so, I mean, for me, look, I was devastated when I left Speed. Um, and we didn't get to work together for a, for a little while <laughs> yeah. because I was unemployed and he was over here doing something else. And then to have him back and be able to work and do some of the stuff and do the racing routes and some of the stuff we do for NBC, yeah. it's fun to go together and yeah. do stuff. He, like, goes on your charity motorcycle yes. rides yep. now. He doesn't ride the bike because yep. – no, uh, he, He's our MC. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't ride the bike. Yeah. That's exactly right. Really he doesn't ride the bike. Really right there. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Not going to insult the he guy. He doesn't ride the bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about cars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Cool. Every couple of years, you guys have new folks come on. So, you know, Dale Jr. has been fairly new in the last couple of years yep. to its NBC. Is there a hazing period? Is there is there something you got to do? Well, to, let me say be? something. Okay. <laughs> you know, hazing Dale Jr. in a motorsports environment would be like hazing Michael Jordan. You don't. You don't do it. You don't. You just say welcome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks okay. for being here. Right. Thanks for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. What you if you're Kyle Petty? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh there was a, okay. Oh, yeah. What they do to you. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's like uh, you start talking, they cut your mic off. You know what I mean? <laughs> or <laughs> you know I mean? they tell you to look at this camera, and they're shooting you with that camera. You know what I mean? I mean, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? right. It's just right. messing with you. you know? yeah, and yeah. it's fun. And, and it should be to – because when you first start doing – when you first start doing something in front of a camera, you're like, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. You know? yeah. So just break that. You know, it's kind of right. like, it's, it's, I used to do this thing, and, and I did it to Gary the first time Gary was my crew chief, and we started Daytona. Um, is, I mean, we, they were like, bing, just yeah. high strong. Yeah. So they give one to go before the start of the race, and, and I get to turn two, and I said, I got a flat tire. I'm going to have to come in. And you can hear him just chattering on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, just joking, man. It'll be a better day from here. You know what I mean? And it's just to break that tension. Yeah, right, you just yeah, got to right. have something sometime, yeah. no matter how focused you are. Yeah. Because you can get so focused yeah. and so intent on things that it's just you're not you. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. And you got to have fun doing it too, man. Yeah. For a lot of guys, when they go from driving to broadcasting, it's kind of an acceptance that you're on the other side of your driving career. Oh, yeah. Um, was there any of that for you? Any, any challenges in that sense? Listen, I was on the other side of my driving career for a long time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not going no, there. No. So here's honestly, here's yeah. what happened, and and I and I've said it before, and I'll tell you guys the same thing. Um, when Adam came along in 2000, I had planned to quit, and and was was for all intents and purposes in my head out of a car by 2001. Um, but when his accident happened, then just as I stated earlier. It was a family business, and you got to keep the family business going. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a plug one out, plug one in. There was nobody to plug in. So I had, I ended up driving for another six or seven years for the sponsors we had, and to keep the business viable. Right, and, and that was it. But I didn't do anything the last six or seven years, seven eight years of my career. Nothing. You know, I mean, once I went back to Petty Enterprises and took PE2, my team, and turned it into an Xfinity team for Adam, and then started down that road, I had an end date. You know what I mean? And I think, and you, you drive. I think once in your head you say, okay, that's it. Then you, it needs to be it. Yeah. it needs to, I've seen so many guys come back and for a one-off, mm-hmm. for a little bit or whatever. I don't see any NFL quarterbacks coming back for a one-off. Yeah, right. You know, I don't see any NFL running backs. I don't see any NBA players. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Because mentally you've checked out. And mentally when you check out of this game, you're out. Yeah. There's somebody else. And people say, man, you need to go back and do one more. They were kicking my ass when I was there. <laughs> when I was there every week. What right. do I want to go back and do one more for? You know what I mean? Just give them right. another shot at me here. Right. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. No, I've never. Yeah. And so for, for me, for me, I still, even when I had kind of checked out, man, I still loved the drive. Sure. Yeah. Even if you were going by me on both sides. Yeah. You know, it was just, just enjoyable. Driving, it was yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. So. I don't look back on it with regret, and I don't look back on those years missing races and doing things that I did and say, that was a terrible time. Wasn't that bad a time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was still that eight-year-old kid in there hanging onto a steering wheel, sitting in a seat, yeah. and getting to do it. So yeah. I, was, I was good with that. Yeah. With, uh, with Adam's accident, you very famously were wearing that 45 hat yeah. for a long time. What was the moment where you realized it was okay to put it down? You know what? I, I don't – I think I just got to a place – and, and I will say this to y'all, and, and I've, I don't say it a lot, but I'll say it, is for a long time, and this is, this is when I got to that point, and I wore that thing until 
9, 10, 11, right along there. And because, and I still wear it. I mean, I, I will still a, a lot. Yeah. Um, but you ever walk in a room and feel like everybody's looking at you? Not if there's women in there. <laughs> I'm just blind. So I used to walk in a room, and I felt like death was standing right behind me. And that people looked at me and thought, here comes death. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a harsh way to put it, but that was, that was the emotion that I felt. People would, they would look and then look away. Uh, or they yeah, wouldn't, yeah. you know what I mean? They just, and that was for a long time, yeah. a long time. And one day I woke up and I felt like I didn't have death with me anymore. And when I didn't have it with me anymore, I didn't have to wear that hat anymore on yeah. a daily basis. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And that's a, that's a hard thing to explain if you haven't lost a child. You know what I mean? And, and that's the worst thing. And I told Rick the same thing and Dick Ebersaw and, and other guys in this sport who have gone through the same kind of thing because there's an order to life. Yeah. You know, trees grow and they drop an apron, acorn and it grows and it drops. And, but these trees die and these trees grow. But these trees don't die. You know what I mean? And they don't, they don't disappear. So when, when Adam's accident happened, it put life out of order. So it took a long time for me to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, and that, so that's why, and, and like it took, it was 10 years before um, oh, we went and got my son Austin and my daughter, Montgomery Lee. We all went at the same time and got his name tattooed, but it was 10 years. Yeah. It took 10 years for us to say, okay, yeah. let's put this and this is where it needs to be. With, with the loss of Dale Sr., yeah. you know, that, that circle of life doesn't go out of the way for Dale Jr., but yeah. I mean, that, like he's present in the sport you're present in the sport when all that's happening were you guys ever like connecting on any level there because of the tragic loss you both we talked some yeah but it's 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 two different views yeah you know and and i I will tell you this um it is it's a weightier view it's a weightier it's a heavier weight for him it's a heavier weight for him I, i believe um and and i would look at it as a heavier weight um when i see it loss is loss um but at the same time, he had the weight. We talk about Twitter and we talk about it. He had the weight of the world who said, okay, now you're your dad. And he's not his dad. I'm not Richard Petty. Richard Petty was not Lee Petty. And Adam Petty was not going to be like any of us. You know what I mean? We're all individuals and we're all different people. But to be that young and have that, he became – to me, he became a screen that people projected their hopes and dreams and aspirations onto. You know what I mean? And that had, that's tough. Man, that's tough, man. And the best thing that happened to him was Amy, and the best thing that's happened to him is yeah. he's been able to work through that and find where he's at. For me, it was just the loss of what could have been, not yeah, what was, right. but what could have been. So it was a different, it was a different loss. We've, we've done a couple of projects now with Bobby Allison. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In, you know, uh, did he give any particular advice? No, but Bobby was there, and I talked right. to Bobby and Judy. And, and Bobby's advice was, you've just got to forgive and let it go. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that, that was his main – that was he and Judy both. That was their main yeah. main thing. It's, that's a crazy thing. Bobby and Judy had separated at the time. Right. Um, they famously Adam, rekindled. Yeah, with, and yeah. when Adam's accident happened, they came there because I had known Bobby. We stayed at the same hotels, man, yeah. with Davey and Clifford and Pam and – Carrie and with Donnie's kids, you know, and we just all stayed together. So we all grew up together. We all knew each other. So it was just a, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I think 
death tears things apart, but it can build things too. Um, and, and that's for, for them and for us, that's the way it was. How are you on time, by the way? What time is it? It's, it's 420 something. Yeah, it's 425. Yeah. I need to go in a minute. Yeah, that's okay. what I was, I was, yeah, yeah, I was literally yeah. Yeah. like, time. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. ran out too. All right. Um, we'll get going here. We, I have one very real question. Okay. Um, very real. It's very like serious. the other ones hadn't been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, we sat down with Robbie Gordon um, a couple of years ago, and he wouldn't let us leave without cases of, uh, of his speed energy drink. Oh, yeah. Um, did you ever receive such a supply of Mellow Yellow that you just couldn't get rid of it? No. <laughs> God, I wish I had. Um, you know what? True story. Okay. I'm still on the Coke deal. Yeah. On the Coca-Cola deal. But yeah. Coca-Cola deal. Coca-Cola. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Coca-Cola. did race in the 80s, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. No, from, from, 19, from 1991 or 92 yeah. until this day, I'm still a, You're still a Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola driver. Yeah, and I still go do their stuff and still go do it. So right. I can get you some Mellie Yellow. No, we're something. good. Okay, I'm just but, checking. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's, that's hard to believe. I, that, and I, I laugh about it because I've been with that company for 20-some-odd years, almost 30 years. That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But at no that's point awesome. were you like, yeah, they're a sponsor, but enough, guys. Like, I don't want We this. did a commercial one time. We had to drink, like, a case of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. One of those things. Yeah, 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 then, yeah, yeah. Then that night, you're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Took years off yeah. your life. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't do anything. Yeah. You're, you're peeing every five minutes, and right. you're jer- you, Yeah, right. You right. look like those little football players that they used to, <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom again. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, should, let's see. Uh, yeah, so the, the – uh, uh, you, you, Kind came in, kind of know what we are, but not really. You obviously do very similar work. Uh, uh, what, what was I your don't work. <laughs> so let's be honest That's there. That's not helping you, this guy. Yeah, I was about me. to say. Yeah. Um, what, for an audience like ours, which is not necessarily stock car oriented, yeah. a lot of sports car, road racing types, what, what's the Kyle Petty legacy you want for a, a group like ours? Oh, you know, it, here's the thing. And, and I, I've been asked that, which, which legacy do you leave behind or whatever is – is my legacy is this is what you see is basically what i am and you either like it or you don't and by the time you start talking my legacy i'm dead and i don't care <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean yeah, 100%, that, that, yeah, yeah. that's kind of it because i don't think that everybody leaves a legacy i don't sure. think everybody leaves something magical behind i think there's chosen individuals that do but we're arrogant to think that we're all that important right. to, to leave something on this earth that changed something. Yeah. I didn't. You know what I mean? My job was to make you smile and to make you laugh. I had a good time doing it. And if you like it, fine. And if you don't like it, that's good, too. Rock on. I'd Beautiful. say on that note, yeah. Continental's got the check. Meow, 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 I'm finished. Kyle Petty never failing to disappoint. Hopefully, uh, Brian Nault, Jeff Gable, and Manny all agree because they uh, suggested we sit down with them, and we're happy. Hope you are, too. Uh, We'll close this out with a song called Love You Well by Secret Nation. This is available on musicbed.com.